start um folks we we have with us today and it's i'm i'm really excited i'm really excited for a couple reasons and it's because we not only have a longtime personal friend of mine she's practically my sister my sister my actual sister wants nothing to fucking do with this show and i've told her about it a million times and she doesn't give a shit um she just rolls her eyes at me and calls me immature um so that's and which is totally fair because I, I am, because I am immature. But um, no, uh, t- today the new the new guest I have is basically my sister from another Mister, um, and the the name the name we're we're going by here is Midnight Bride, and that's that's two two reasons, and that's because uh, a personal username of hers always had Midnight in the in the front of it, and she's getting married soon. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> and um, I'm I'm attending their wedding, and I always wanted to draw some type of creepy undead corpse bride looking bitch. And I love corpse bride. <laughs> and, you love, and you love and you love that aesthetic. I love that. It's the great. aesthetic yeah. is is fitting. So I I totally think that's fair but it's more about the connection we have you you have been a family friend of mine mm-hmm. since i was really tiny and mm-hmm. i would say like just as long as i've known like tenron you know like i knew tenron when i was like 12 so mm-hmm. you know we we go back a ways mm-hmm. and you when you found out that i had this show you pretty much immediately started listening yeah, to I it. Yeah, I did. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna listen to it. And, and you were, yeah. and you were, you were one of the first people to, to like actually reach back out to me and be like, I really like this. This is, mm-hmm. this is fun. This is interesting. And you would talk to me about it, and I always really fucking appreciated it. Yeah. Because not many people, other than other than our fans, uh, talk to me about it. So I was like, I was thinking about the seasons, and as the years went by. You had approached me at one point and was just like, <laughs> you, you just very, very coyly, you were just like, can I, can I, can I be on the show? And, is that like, is that like and okay? I, and at the time, I was just like, fuck, like, what fucking baggage are you going to bring? And you're like, you're like, give my, my fucking boyfriend, my fucking sister, like, like, who else wants to, like, if I have you on the show, I'm going to have to give everyone you fucking know a spot on yeah, the show. And that's, yeah. that's the only problem is that we, your, your sister is... Um, because of your mom is like surgically conjoined to your hip most of the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. unwillingly. Yeah, she is a selfless individual who wants to have her own life. Yeah, you just can't help but be Siamese twinned it, together yeah, with her. Yeah, because of your relationship. But now with that your I have mother. my own space, like this kind of worked out and like. Oh, this worked perfectly. Yeah, yeah, this worked perfectly. Her her fiance is busy, and, this and is, he wanted to be on the show. He wanted yeah. to be on the show. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck you, get out!" Of here. Yeah, I was like, "No, this is my time." My my time. I worked hard for this. <laughs> she did. She put in the hours. I put in the hours. Listening. She put in the time. She put in the time to do it, which is why it's happening today. And it, it couldn't have worked out better because we got all of our work done. We did everything we needed to do, and now we're sitting back 
and relaxing, and mm-hmm. we're going to read some fucking spooky spaghetti. Yes. Or as your sister would call it, meatball pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is a big reason why she's not on the show. Yeah, meatball pasta. <laughs> she can't called, even say it. She called my show meatball pasta. <laughs> and I, I I couldn't help but laugh to the point of, like, crying when she said it. She was like, she was like what are you going to what are you gonna fucking do? Your fucking meatball pasta? Oh, my like, God. She had had a couple drinks, so it's I'm not I'm not I, yes. using it against her. Yeah, but it's really gets, fucking it's yeah. really fucking funny that she referred to it as that. Yeah. Um, no. She liked your one. She liked the one story. Um, Pen pals. She did like that one, and she told me she liked that one. She didn't listen to that one. Pen pals is a wonderful story. It's scary because it could happen in real life. It could happen so, to anyone. Yeah, it it's could one happen of the anyone. most. It's one of the most real, and one of the most sad. It is. The that one, that one had me crying. That <laughs> yeah. one, I actually cried on that recording. Yeah, I like I it, I was I actually at work listening to it, and I gotta tell you, like it really like I was trying not to cry, and people would be like, "What's wrong? <laughs> like, what's wrong?" <laughs> I was like listening to something really sad. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Oh my god, it disturbed me and made me so sad." <laughs> yeah, it's like um, that's that's definitely one of the more emotional ones we've read. Mm-hmm. There there are some that just punch you in the gut and mm-hmm. make you think about the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that one is, is going to go down in history. It already pretty much has Mm -hmm. gone down in history as one of the most effective slice of life, like creepypasta, no sleep stories of all time. When you ask people like what the, what your favorite creepypasta story is. And if you were to say pen pal, like you would get some nods. You would get people Mm -hmm. who understand. It's written well. It is written very well. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it is very, it is. It is through the lens of a child mm-hmm. recounting memories mm-hmm. that they don't remember through mm-hmm. other people. And and it is so fucked up, the lens of what a child doesn't understand that an adult does. Mm-hmm. You know, what the mom was hiding from him his entire life is, oh, we can get into it. Mm-hmm. It's, such a, it's such a fantastic story, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's like... It, the a parent's job in life is to protect their children from the dangers of what they don't understand, the dangers of the unknown, and both the serious and mature. And what's more per- mature than a pedophilic stalker yeah. who who will not leave your family alone, and you don't even remember that from your own childhood? Yeah, it's he, a repressed memory. Yeah. And he kind of started realizing it, though, like when he was... When he's Getting recounting older, it, yeah. when he remembers, mm-hmm. when he goes, what was that about? And his mom, like, gets all tight-lipped and says, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to remember that. Yeah. You know, when when you realize that, like, I don't know how I would feel. I tried to put myself in that perspective. Like, I read that mm-hmm. story with my best friend. And it, and you have to put yourself in that perspective because you have to ask yourself, like, if if my best friend died because of me... And everyone everyone had lied to me about how it happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm only learning about it 20 years after the fact. What type of fucking influence does that leave on you? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's where the haunting aspect of that story really comes in. Mm -hmm. You know, when you realize that um, your childhood friend that went missing, quote unquote, was um, was actually killed. And it was absolutely your fault without... It being your fault. Without it being your yeah. fault. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, really fucked up stories. And that's what yep. we like reading on Lots of Pasta. This is Lots of Pasta. And I am here with the Midnight Bride, who I am very excited to have here. Um, you've been listening to, obviously, you've been listening to the show 
for a very long time. Almost three years. Would you say you've listened to everything? Yeah, I. So when I first you started have your own schedule. Yeah, I, I listen while I'm at work because yeah. nobody's bothering me. Yeah. You know, and like and we've worked yeah. similar jobs yeah. even at the same place, just at different times. Yeah. Like I worked there, and then three years later, she got a yeah. job there. So uh-huh. I I know exactly what she's doing. Um, and I understand how you can just sit and listen to like a 10 hour audio book and get through it all in one day. I listened to it backwards. I listened it like to kind of where you left off and then I listened to it. And then you went back. And then I went backwards. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, like, but I kind of see like the quality, like it really, like the sound and everything, it really got better. It was a learning process. Of course. The first, the first 30 episodes, first 20 episodes are bullshit. (laughs) And then I would say 25 to like 45 get, get better. And then I would say from episode like 70, 60 onward, we've been good. I think sound mm-hmm. sound and mixing are something you only get better with with experience and time. And I'm I'm proud of where we're at now because mm-hmm. I think these episodes in the 200th, shout out episode 209. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think where we are now is where I've always wanted to be and I'm happy that I can say that we're here. So I'm glad to have you on the show when I'm we're happy at this, to be here. When we're <laughs> at this point, when when it feels good to have you here, because I remember as early as somewhere in the first like seventy to eighty episodes, you were asking to come. I on. did. I actually asked a couple of times, but I, then I stopped. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. You're very busy. polite. Yeah, I was like, you're I'm very polite, and that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm a busy guy. You live in a different yeah. area, completely away from me, and it was always it always came down to like, how the fuck am I going to get her alone? We we, we might have done it last March before the pandemic. But then that and kind then that of, happened. and then that happened, and I right. didn't see you for like another year. <laughs> right, because <laughs> that sucked. happened. So it, the stars seem to align, mm-hmm. you know, today for episode two hundred nine, and I think that um, when it comes to the the actual like reason you deserve to be here, like the actual is because you enjoy the show, mm-hmm. you love reading the stories, you deserve to be here, you've definitely put in the work, and <laughs> it we just had to find a time that worked for you. Mm-hmm. And and one thing we always need is more female influence on this show. <laughs> we we've only had a couple token mm-hmm. token females and um, I would say Cannibal Siren yeah. is pretty much running away with the show as the as the, the main the, female. As the main female. Yeah. But um, you are one of two girls I'm introducing this season. Okay. I introduced another one uh, last season, and um, we shout out to Alley Cat who's in in the background as well. Uh, always comes in every once in a while, every every blue moon. But really. Uh, we're we're growing females on the show too. <laughs> like uh, D- Daisy was last season. Uh, we have a new. We have another one this season who I'm I'm gonna keep as a surprise. But I'm I'm genuinely glad to have you as my first new guest on on what this new season is. Um, and I think it's because you know you know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you are very aware of what this experience is like, and we're just gonna have fun with it. We're just mm-hmm. gonna read a couple short stories. Uh, everyone should know that 
when it comes to new people on the show. I kind of like to test their flavors. I like to take them to Baskin Robbins and see like what flavor they gravitate to the most. Like, are you feeling that like rocky road, or you want that like fudge ripple, or you want some peanut butter in that? I need like shit. a fruitier flavor. Yeah, fruity. Flavor. I like the bubble gum one. Bitch, we ain't, <laughs> bubble we ain't gum. at Rita's. <laughs> Get out of here with your water ice. <laughs> No, I like the bubble I gum, and then you bubble. chew the chunks I want of bubble gum. Candy. <laughs> and cotton candy, fun yeah. fatty. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I think I think that one's actually uh, a, a friendly's flavor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you're in the wrong. Place, that's, that's okay. okay. It's I remember ice going there with you. Yeah. That was that was that hangout after sh- shit that we would do like in high school. Yeah. All friends, friendlies. Prom, after prom, friendlies, or bowling. We For went, me, it was musical. Yeah. Whatever musical yeah. practice would happen and yeah. people wanted to go get something to eat. Motherfucking friendly. It's <laughs> disgusting now. It it's is, really it's bad. It's so bad now. It's the place my grandma takes me when she's bored. No. <laughs> and I go, you're paying for this, right? And then, and then it costs her a whole $12. Yeah, it's so cheap. But, like, I just, it, it went downhill. It's, so it's bad. fucking hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to the Friendlies episode of this podcast. Yes. We're going to have a couple different flavors. It's going to be all right. Uh, no, here's what we're doing today. This is a, this is a fun one because usually it's the other way around. Usually we do creepypastas versus Reddit no sleeps. Today we're doing... Reddit no sleeps versus unsettling stories, which I think is really fun because those two genres feel a lot more closer together. I think creepypasta stories tend to be the monsters, the horrific, the mm-hmm. like edgelord shit like Jeff the Killer and Slenderman. Like, mm-hmm. like I think that is that feels creepypasta. When you say no sleep, I think of like Baraska, Left Right yeah. Game, mm-hmm. Pen Pal, like I think of the more real slice of life written mm-hmm. written well type of shit. Um, when it comes to unsettling stories, mm-hmm. which is all written oh, by one yeah. specific author, he's a gross out guy. Yeah, he yeah. likes to do stuff that mm-hmm. makes your toes curl. He likes to test your limitations on what you think you can you can read before getting grossed out completely. I um, gagged. Like, the detail, like, it actually love, made me visualize He is gag. very, like, he, I believe it's a he. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Star, I think it's a he. Uh, longtime listener, Star, should, should be here in this. I, I believe it's a he who writes all of the unsettling stories. And he's really talented. Mm-hmm. Um, he provides a gross level of detail yes. in his writing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the stuff we're reading today is not going to surprise us on that front. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll try not to gag like no, while I'm reading this. If you like, do, I, and I <laughs> capture it on audio, that's going to sound really great. <laughs> no, so we've had a couple times uh, reading unsettling stories where people have been like, you know, like, can we stop for a second? Like, this is, this is seriously gross. Um, recently, we read a. Uh, a no sleep story called Pancake Family. Oh, that one That's, disturbed me. That uh, where am I had to leave the room for a couple minutes there. I think I cut it out though to make him feel better. <laughs> he, oh my God. he literally had to get up and leave the room. Um, I remember that one. When we read Vor. <laughs> that I was talking about this with you last night. Oh when my we God. read Vor, that was written by Unsettling Stories. And that that story was called Sade Smalls for everyone who wants to. Uh, hurt themselves mentally and, and go and read that story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Vor is is the the very detailed and grotesque act of. I think it's. I think it's the idea is that it's sexual. Yeah. Is that you you eat someone and they enjoy being eaten? 
Yeah, and that's I think the most disturbing part. It's not even the right. fact of like the cannibalismness of it. Right. It's, it, the, no, it's the, not. It's like I'm into that's that. That's not really like, it. That's not really it. It's not yeah. just about the cannibalism. No, it's the, ha- about, the other half. It's is about the issue. The, it's about the visceral act of being consumed. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. No. And I sh- and I tried to explain the story to my fiance because he was listening to the one podcast and he said what was the what was the deal with this because you had mentioned it a couple of times after that and, and I had to tell him the story and he's like oh so you mean like Attack on Titan but like sexual and I'm like yeah yes. yeah it's like if, if Attack on Titan was like a really gross ass point I've even yeah. said yeah, I, I yeah. think I've said I think you much. said something yeah. I love Attack on Titan it's yeah. one of my favorite animes and mangas I, I I finished reading the manga this year um it just ended it was a very fantastic ending in my opinion um but yeah if you the the horror of Attack on Titan is that these these monsters with no mental control mm-hmm. um, just have stomach acid and like a ignition like a train that runs off of coal. The only way for their body to continue functioning, the only way for their stomach acid to keep their bodies going, is to consume people. So they eat people. They run around and they pick up people and they shove them in their mouths. And that's kind of the fuel to keep them going. That's how it's explained in the manga. That's how it's explained in the anime. There are these big monsters running around eating people. Um, There's nothing really sexual about that at all. That's very... They don't make it That's very, like, evolution, very Darwin. It's like... The strong eating the weak. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it's presented. That's why it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's not even like zombies. Like zombies, there's something more gross about zombies more because they, they want to eat your brains. Yeah. They want to eat your organs. Like depending on which zombie you're talking about, um, some just want to spread infections. It's a it's a conversation. When it comes to vor, it's it is sexual. There is something. It's like furries, you know, like. <laughs> It, it, it needs to apply to a certain standard in order for it to be vor. It can't just be cannibalism. It needs to be like, I blew you and then ate you. Like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah. I, 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 hope, I hope there is none of that on this episode. We're going to figure it out. Um, bodily fluid is the thing that grosses me the most. Like, uh, like vomit. That's, that's the, the... Bile. Yeah, I, um, like... Like, oh, like, his intestines fell out everywhere. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Um, like, I went, saw dead bodies in a, in a lab. Like, that was... Nice. Yeah, held a brain, held a uterus, held, like... Joint, held joints that had, like... Did um, you? I did. I never um, heard about this. Yeah, and what so did my sister. What the fuck do you do with your free time? Well, no, no, when I was in high school, I was in honors anatomy and physiology, and oh, we went to the local college, which I don't know if I should name, but, like, we went, was there... And he was in charge of that lab. Of actually and he, showing you these Yes. Things. And, and there, wow. there was all kinds of crazy stuff. They showed us how some of these um, people died. And, like, they showed, like, the actual part. You're blowing my mind right Yeah, now. that stuff doesn't bother me. And, like, you know, and my sister, she got to see the same thing. Like, you know, it was... And we know she's, she's a steel trap as well. Yeah, so. and, like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, why didn't you ever go into the medical field? Like, because it wasn't for me. But it interests me. Like, you know, I grew yeah. up with that Everyone has life. that yeah. vague sense of, like, I want to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you want to deal with it every day. No, right. but it doesn't, like, freak me out. 
Right. But yeah. But you don't like when, like, when she was done eating Sayd, how she, like, threw up and she was like... That's, she yeah, felt, I can't. She felt gross, like, having the taste of him. Yeah, that's that too much for me. That stuck with me, too. That's like, too much for me. I don't like me. blood. Yeah. When it comes to me, when, some, when people describe blood very well, mm-hmm. they describe the nickel kind of metal yeah. taste of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes my mouth water because I'm, I'm about to throw up. Blood my, doesn't bother my me, laptop. but the the bile that bothers me. I can't. That's fair. It'll make me sick. Let's see what <laughs> let's see what bile we get into okay, on this let's episode. Do that. Hopefully no, we we're don't. Just, no, no, no. We'll so we're gonna start. We're gonna start today is a Reddit No Sleep versus Unsettling Stories episode, and we're going to start with a Reddit No Sleep story, and I'm gonna let Midnight Bride start with this one because um, I think the even the title is interesting. Um, because what we've been down this road before, I feel um, there was a story about a guy who gets mailed pictures of like his daughter who went missing. And he's just like he keeps getting pictures every year on her birthday. Oh. And she's like a year older, even though her daughter, his daughter, like went missing or died or something. Uh-huh. And he's like really confused. Anyway, there's something fucked up about that boundary being crossed because the first story we're reading is called an email from my daughter's killer. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, it makes me think of, like, Hannibal, you know, like, when serial killers, like, really want to twist the knife. Yeah. They really want... Like, mocking. It's not just about killing. It's about getting noticed and causing pain and, and making it the worst possible the situation. The emotional torture. Right. The emotional yeah. aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I'm going to let, I'm going to let you read this one. Mm-hmm. Um... Because I, I I think this is this is an interesting first story. Um, whenever you are ready, oh, uh, take it away, Midnight Bride. Again, an email from my daughter's killer. Reddit no sleep. Okay. Do you believe in coincidences? Seems like a funny question, doesn't it? I've never paid it much thought before now either. Perhaps I have some explaining to do. As of yesterday, it's been a year since my daughter went missing. I didn't know you had a daughter. It's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Neither did I. (laughs) Newsflash. There was never any ransom note, no remains discovered, and not an iota of evidence to support the standard theories of foul play and kidnapping. Aside from her absence itself, the whole situation seemed freakishly clean. That is... That is freakishly. It is. Because yeah. for, for someone... No answers. I, I love looking up the statistics of how horrifying reality is. Mm-hmm. Um, and by love, I mean it. It keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. Um, something like over 100,000 kids go missing they just disappear. every year. Just disappear. And, One minute they're there and then they're not. And posters are put up, mm-hmm. you know, the old milk carton thing. Yeah. And no one ever finds them. Yeah. Like, I was watching... Um, what the fuck? What was it? Unsolved Mystery? Unsolved Mystery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. it's scary. It's, it's terrifying. Just, you can just disappear. Yeah. Like, just disappear. Like, I can go drive between here and my house yeah, and, like... I wonder why your no mom one... is, like, constantly fucking calling you. Well, even my fiancé, like, when, oh, I, okay. when I would go to work, they, both of them, okay? would want to know. Like, are you there? Are you there? Are you okay? All right, shut up. <laughs> At only 14 years old, she'd gone missing without a trace. Her name was Emily. I can say that dreaded was the confident 
was the confidence. That dreaded no. was, you was. know, the, the tense. Yeah. She was my daughter. She is my daughter. It's it's the was, you know. The, the was you don't is, want to admit The it. was is your personal acceptance that they're mm-hmm. gone. They're no longer here. I can say that dreaded was with confidence now. It's a bitter blessing, one that's come at great cost to all of us. When Emily disappeared, she left myself, her father, and her older brother, Joseph, in a state of perpetual anxiety. The limbo of monstrous uncertainty. Every phone call was a needle pressed into our skin, and every newscast that aired about that poor girl, still missing, presumed dead, felt like boiling water poured down our throats. I can only imagine. Like, this is my mother's worst nightmare. They, they really and she scared us. She scared us. She said, nightmare. like, she always scared us, like, with that. Like, you, they take you. Oh, like, I know. Yeah. She that's weaponized why. it against yeah, you. Yeah, she she'd did. Be like, she'd be like, you guys are going to get kidnapped. You guys are never going to yeah. be heard from again. I, I love when she's like, if you don't come home at nine, I'm going to make sure someone gets you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. When, when we were kids, she said, you touch the car. If you let go of the car, I'll beat your ass when we go out to the car. Like, she was loving, very much like that. She is. She is. I understand her concern because that's it's what you, It is. Yeah, it is. Right. Not knowing that's the real torture, until yesterday I truly believed that. Oh no. Until yesterday when I got an email from an unknown source, an email claiming to have the truth of what happened to Emily on that terrible day. The following is the contents of that email. From I'm so sorry 1234 at gmail.com, subject, an apology for what I've done. Oh, like, I wonder, like, are they really sorry? Was are this the really? first time they did it, and then now they feel, like, terrible? Or, or are they out. just mocking them? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Stanfield. I won't tell you my name. That's not important right now. What's important is what I've done and how sorry I am for doing it. Let's see. I'll be quick and honest. Emily is dead, and I killed her. I would love to tell you it was quick and merciful, but it was neither. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like, so sad. It is. She died slowly and terribly. I can't imagine my initial enjoyment of that fact was serve as any kind of consolation. I've loved Emily for a very long time in what you might call an improper way. Beautiful. Yeah, really. The hardest part was knowing she could never love me back, at least not in the way I loved her. Though this wasn't for lack of trying, though. I'd made passes before, just silly attempts really, but she was never receptive receptive to my affection. She was disgusted by me, and that made me feel small and angry. Though I can be thankful of the fact that she never told you about any of it. I guess it would have been terribly embarrassing for her if you knew. Not that she she'll care now. It's gross. That is so gross. It's like, like it's, it's like it's like, probably like her science teacher or something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's someone who saw her. Like prom day. night or something like that, yeah. but like like actual the kidnapping. The school janitor, on. the bus, the bus yeah. driver, you know, someone who saw her every day and mm-hmm. joked about how cute she was and she would be like, ew, fucking stop. Yeah. Fucking yeah. gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately that's like, you know common now it very much very so common is unfortunately yeah. the misogyny of every uh of every <laughs> you, you can't really quantify it yeah it's just mm. do you know how hard it is to cope with fantasy mrs stanfield <laughs> i've had such ugly dreams about emily and i know that they're ugly but i still can't help but find them so exciting fuck off oh 
I've wondered many times over the past year whether it was the ugliness of it all that made me so passionate. Sounds like Dahmer. Yeah, yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck. No, yeah. And in fact, what he was doing and the brutality of it turned him on. Yeah, it was. When all you've got is, sorry, when all you've got is fantasy, a fantasy that you think is unattainable, you spend lots of time refining it like a sculpture. Oh, God. Chipping away at a statue. Hoping to find perfection hidden in the granite. It doesn't matter how many times you secretly loosen the valves with your hands. That just keeps the fantasy down. It doesn't destroy it, can't destroy it. It just gains another component. Maybe it's another 15 minutes of torture, another scream. Maybe it's a different tool added to the kit. Oh my god. Is he actually torturing her though? He might have been. He, might, he did say slowly and painfully, mm-hmm. which is... Oof. I wonder if he... I wonder if... Um, yeah, I'm going to assume it's a he. Um, I'm wondering if, like, you know, he accidentally killed her. Or, like, one day he just said, I'm I'm done. You know what I mean? Because she oh, reached that he gets, he gets into it. Oh, he yeah. does? Okay. Yeah, yeah. By the time the fantasy comes to boil, it's too complex to be satisfying on the basis of thought alone. You have to make it into flesh. Warm, satisfying flesh. And I did, Mrs. Stanfield. I really did. I have to be honest with you, it wasn't so much about wanting to live my fantasy as it was about wanting to know whether I had it in me to carry it out. There was no dignity in the pleasuring myself to the thoughts of violence, only in being able to say that I had the courage to do the one thing that I've been giving my life any sort of meaning. And a year ago today, I proved that I did have that courage. My little indiscretions were in the past. I was patient like a crocodile. I played the long game. I got Emily to trust me again with time. I let her be comfortable around me, let her drop her guard. She was on her way home from school when I finally took a chance and made my move. I picked out an old beat up shack in the woods in advance. I threw down a woolen tarp and prepared some shackles. I even lit a few candles for a romantic effect. Very romantic. Yes, of course. <clears throat> Cabin in the woods feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <very laughs> yeah, really. More for myself than her, admittedly. Emily was apprehensive at first, but I managed to talk her into visiting the little cabin with me. The door was shut and bolted behind us before she ever even saw the gun I was holding. Wow. But when she did, she was a good girl and didn't scream. Though I must say I was a little disappointed at that. Fuck off. I don't know, everyone's different. I've heard, like, some people, like, do, like, that and some people don't. And then sometimes they just don't want anything to do with you then if you don't, like... If you don't satisfy them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a pornographer, so I won't be lured with the details of what I did. I'm aware that it's perverse, but the wind outside hardly matters when you're a hurricane. My whole life was perversity, hidden and locked away. Emily was the outlet for that perversity. Part of me thinks I only ever loved her because she was convenient, because she was accessible. Oh no. I used a hammer, a knife, and a pair of pliers, and a power drill. It all got messier than I expected. So much blood, so much other things. All in all, it took a few hours before she finally died, which was admirable. She never did let me have my fun. Emily was such a strong girl. You should be proud of her, Mrs. Stanfield. So I wonder like he, like when he says he made his advances, like, was that happening before he kidnapped her? Yeah, she never said no, anybody. No, it, it had to. Him? It had right. It had to have been. I have no idea what how old this person is or mm-hmm. where, where what background they're coming from. It could have been 
a, a, a dad, you know, mm-hmm. who mows his lawn every morning before the kids go to school, and he's yeah. just he's like, oh, I like your hair today, yeah. Emily, yeah. looking looking stylish, and she could be like, fuck off, Mr. Okay, Brown. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For my own pride, I'd like to state that I didn't fuck her before she died. Great. Oh my thank god. You. Thank you for that detail. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. I couldn't bring myself to cross that barrier knowing her eyes would be on me while it was happening. The thought of it disgusted me. She died, to the best of my knowledge, a virgin. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, like, thank you. not that you would really Wonderful. know. But, like, okay. <laughs> I guess it would feel better knowing that she died without being raped. So that's fair. Yeah, I guess. I just, it's just... It's, it's too just, fucked up to you. It, it, it is. Once I was fully done with her and the euphoria of it all had passed, it dawned on me what a terrible thing I'd done. My pleasure turned to disgust and all the sweetness that was inside of me while I was killing her turned sour. I realized that I was not meant to be a murderer, that it didn't suit me, that beyond the temporary pleasure of the act, the thought of taking someone's life repulsed me. I was fantastic. I was a fantasist? Okay. I was a fantasist who made a terrible, terrible mistake. One that cost the life of a promising young girl. Mm. If there was a grand plan out there that we're all a part of, I could feel that what I had done was a devastation from the natural law. I was disgusted at the act and at myself. The little experiment had backfired on me entirely. I was so out of my depth. Once I had gotten over the initial wave of fear and panic, I cut up Emily's body into Great. smaller pieces Thank that you. were easier to carry. Yeah, Thank you like, for that detail as and, well. and that's the sad thing. In this area, that happened oh, a very get, long time you ago. With, you could get away with a lot. But of that shit. was the thing. Yeah. Like, it happened to a little boy. And it was very sad. Like it's just yeah, and it was a pedophile who lived down the street and nobody knew. That's terrifying. Yeah, they left the window open at night because it was too hot, and you got in through the screen. Oh, and that no. scared me as a kid yeah, when I'd have to traumatic. visit my dad because they would do that all the time, leave the uh, windows open. Yeesh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Once I'd gotten over the initial wave of fear and panic, I cut up... Oh, I already read that part. I'm sorry. I, t- I took all the pieces. <laughs> yeah. I took all the pieces, wrapped them up in the woolen tarp, and burned them with lighter fluid in the woods. After that, I buried the bundle of charred bones and ashes, wishing I could have just forgotten all of it. Okay, I'm going to be honest, like, yeah, you're going to have bones, and, like, eh, I don't know. Like, it's just, somebody's going to find it. Like, somebody's going to find it. Oh, I mean, it's, it. it depends on how big a ditch you dig. It depends on how well you burn the remains. Mm-hmm. No no amount of gas or, um, yeah, no amount of some outside fire. Like, you literally need a kiln. You literally yeah. need an oven a furnace. To, yeah. to burn a body to its hole. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of evidence is left behind when mm-hmm. you do that fucking, you know, oil can burning in the woods oh, shit. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not foolproof. This is not a, a a set list for killers to get away with shit. This is how you get caught, you know. And he, but, he might. Well, but keep yeah. doing it, you know. Killing Emily and doing the things I did to her body were not acts of courage. I've realized that over that past year. They were acts of obsession and cowardice of a person not strong enough to overcome their dark urges. I've been racked with guilt, surrounded by reminders of the life I've taken and can never give back. That's why I've decided to do the courageous thing and let you know that I've decided to take another life, mine. Um, Whoa. Of course, because that's the easy way out for somebody like this. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, all I can ever do is a danger to the people around me, a time bomb destined to blow up and hurt another innocent. The only... 
altruistic altruistic thing for a person in my position to do is take myself out of the picture isn't that like what Jeffrey Dahmer did was it him no, Dahmer went to jail. Yeah, Dahmer but he went to jail and he got stabbed a by a bunch of people. Yeah, he but people he knew said he was he, a gay pedophile yeah. murderer, so they fucking stabbed the shit out of him. Yeah, I don't know. There was like a thing though that they said that he told somebody that he was going to get into a fight because he knew that he would either try to escape or do it again or something like that. And he just I'm sh- I'm sure yeah. he just wanted to end it. There comes yeah. a point where you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm sorry for what I did to Emily. I don't expect for you to forgive me, nor do I think I deserve it. I just hope this gives you some sense of closure and allows you to move on. My sincerest apologies. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Cherry on top for you. I mean, like, this just opens up wounds. I would rather know. I hate not knowing. I'm but like the, the detail, type of person, though, yeah, fuck was the unnecessary. Detail. I would fuck not want to know. Um... But how do you believe someone without evidence, you know? That's that's very true. That's very true. After I read that terrible email, I cried for hours. I didn't have that violent reaction because I believed I'd been contacted by my daughter's killer, but just because I felt like someone was playing a horrific joke on my family after we'd been through so much. And on that anniversary of our Emily's disappearance, no less. Yeah, I'd think I'd read into that a little bit more then. I'd, I'd feel the truthness, you know, the behind it. Mm-hmm. I didn't show my husband or my son. I couldn't bear to. I just bore the cross myself and wore a brave face for them, knowing the anniversary was hard on all of us. I wouldn't let the monster on the other end of that email tear up my family. That's would, a lot to bear. I would bear. tell my husband. If I were her, I would have to tell someone. I would have to tell somebody. I could never keep I that could to never myself. I I wear my emotion on my face. So my do sister I. is really I good can't at hiding keep that. Secrets. I can't. I wrap myself I out with everything. I wrap I myself out. I love spoilers and I hate secrets. So yep. when it comes to like, if I need to tell someone something and, mm-hmm. and they love me and they care about me and it's something as serious as this, yeah. I would need to tell the next closest important person yeah. to me, which would be my husband in this situation. I just yeah. no fucking Well, way. that's your child, you know. Like, I wouldn't tell my son. You don't, no, need, you don't need to burden yeah. them. Especially how old they knowledge. are. Like, it depends yeah. on how old. Yeah. If, the, if, if the daughter was 14, you have to imply the son might have been younger. Could, could have. Uh, yeah, it's no, possible. There's no reason for them to know No, that. they don't need to know. I don't... Uh, I, I didn't... This, oh, yeah, sorry. But this, morning, but this morning, I heard two almighty bangs ring out from Joseph's bedroom. By the time his father and I had forced to open the door, it was too late. He'd somehow gotten his hands on the gun and fired two shots. One through his laptop and another through his forehead. Oh my god. It was the brother. <gasps> oh my god. It was the brother. Oh my god, that is disgusting. Read that last line. Oh my god. So with this in mind, I'll ask you again. Do you believe in coincidences? Oh my god. It was the brother all along. What a twist! Oh my god, that's so disgusting. That is fucked up. He thought of her. So he had to be older. There's no way he could have been younger oh, than 14. There's no not. way. Because how do you find it? And you're, you're, you don't know your kid's going out to a cab. And, like, he had to be older. Like, sure. what, 20? There's been age differences for, like, oh 10 God, years. I can't believe that we were trying to decide, like, how? what type of person this was. Yeah. Well, it, somebody it was, she knew. It was a kid. Yeah. It was probably a kid. Yeah. A young adult, at the very least, living mm-hmm. in the mom's house. Maybe college age or less. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Yeah. That's a big old oh no, folks. I'm, I'm gonna. That one's yeah. gonna stay with me oh for a little bit. How God. do you feel about the first story you've ever read on this show? You happy to be here? Still? Oh, I'm, you, I'm happy you to be reg- here. You regretting yeah. it yet? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, like it. 
it's it's just it's more horrific because it's something that. Hey, happened. guess what? Yeah. You wanted to read something as horrifying as Pen Pal. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> close. <laughs> Congratulations, oh we just went there. Yeah, you um, did. No, I I liked that a lot. I didn't yeah. see that fucking coming no. at all. But I guess, but I guess if your sister thinks you're fucking weird and never wants to go out to that weird fucking cabin in the woods with you. I guess you would try to be nicer to her over time to try and get her favor. And she yeah. probably wouldn't even think twice. No, no, yeah, you you're would her, never think you're twice. You're her sibling. Why? Yeah. Wow. And you're her older sibling, You know, too. the funny thing, yeah. and actually this, I don't know if funny is specifically the right word to say in this situation, but um, serial killers usually leave their entire families alone. They don't want... Yeah, usually they don't. They don't, don't want anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a personal mm-hmm. other side of themselves mm-hmm. that they don't want the people who closest to them... Unless they find ...to out. know anything <laughs> about it. They yeah. don't want them to know about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Dahmer... Dahmer's grandma, right, or some shit? Parents. Yeah. Dahmer's parents... Um, Dahmer's parents knew... He was going out to a cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. and he was killing small animals and putting them yes. in jars mm-hmm. and fucking around with their organs and yes. shit. And yeah. you know what they said? He's a boy. That's what they he's do. He's doing his thing. Yeah. As long as he's not hurting anyone, we don't care. Well, that's the outlet. That's where it that's starts. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. That's where this arson, evolution begins. Arson is one of those, too. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you could look back on other cases and other things, too. You know, the, the opposite is... Ed Gein, who, when his mother died, he kept her dead body as, like, a trophy in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, and didn't let anything change. He let her exist there as her decaying body Mm -hmm. just continued to exist. You know, there's there's a... There's a awe. There's a suspect of awe there. But um, when it comes... Some people do it from denial. When it comes to... Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your family, though, they tend to be off... Off limits. Off limits, you know? Uh And I think it's because... Um, everyone would fucking know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Aren't the closest even like narratives? coworkers? Sometimes like they won't even like they won't even touch like a coworker because like they they're in that sure. space every day. Yeah, I I feel like the first suspects you look at as a as a cop is the family. You know, you mm-hmm. look for you look for the um, alibi, mm-hmm. and you say to yourself like, oh well. You know who who is this most likely to be? But I guess with just a complete missing persons case and everything else is accounted for, you don't really ask that many more questions of the family. Mm-hmm. The parents were probably defending the son. The son probably just said, oh, you know, "I was somewhere." You know, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. Tough. That was tough, but I liked I liked it a lot. It was written well, and it hurt. It More importantly, right it hurt. It hurt in the field. Anyway, let's let's change gears a little bit. Hopefully, this one's a little bit more funny. A little. It bit sounds more, funny. <laughs> a little bit more our our um our speed. But we're gonna read another Reddit no sleep story. I think that first one definitely set a bar. Mm-hmm. So now um the next three definitely have a an act to follow. I'm gonna read this one. It's called mm-hmm. "My sister was murdered and she won't shut up about it." <laughs> I've had this one sounds for like a my while. Sister. It does sound like <laughs> your sister, which do. is why I think. <laughs> I think this is funnier, and hopefully she's listening so she can think of herself in this, She'll probably listen in to this, this situation. One. Yeah. Um, this one's from Reddit No Sleep as well, so we're going to do a little bit of a versus to see which, which, is, which is a better story, our no sleeps versus our unsettling stories. 
As kids, my sister Cassie and I didn't know we were different. How could we? We spent all of our time in the house. Our parents never let us play outside. They said this was for our own protection, like your mom. It sounds exactly like my mother. I remember, <laughs> I remember clearly our father outlining all of the horrors of the world beyond the front door. Vicious animals, yep, yep. dangerous men, yep. deathly illnesses, yep. soldier boy. No <laughs> <laughs> oh. Superman that hoe. Oh Everybody brought a new reason why we couldn't venture outside the walls of the house. I realized the truth much later. They were embarrassed of us. Aww. Well, that was a little that different from Mars. That wasn't that was, you. That was our situation. <laughs> Cassie and I were close. Literally and metaphorically, we spent every moment together. I've read that twins are often this way, but we were more than that. We woke up at the same time, closed our eyes for bed at the same time. We would often dream the exact same dream. We read books together. She read the left page, I'd read the right. Our parents said we were unnaturally close. Were they conjoined? I was about to freaking say that shit. I bet they were conjoined. This Ooh. didn't make sense for us at the time. When we played, we could stick two toys together at the head gummy see-through tape obscuring their faces. We would walk the one-headed doll in staccato movements, Cassie moving the left leg, me moving the right. Soon all of our toys were paired up. The stuffed pig was taped to the alligator. The china doll was matched to the plastic dinosaur. Cassie and I even went so far as to glue our pillows together. So they'd never be lonely, I told our outraged mother. Despite our bond, Cassie and I were very different. I was perfectly fine obeying all of our parents' rules, although they were plentiful. Cassie, on the other hand, hated the rules. <laughs> Does sound like your sister. Yeah. Even the small ones, like brushing her teeth at night, would send her into a fit. I liked mother's dresses she would make for me, but Cassie ripped at them with her teeth. Cassie was also nonverbal. It wasn't her fault. She just couldn't get her mouth to move the right way, as the rest of ours did. This didn't mean we couldn't communicate. In fact, Cassie and I spoke constantly. Always in our minds. Mm. Yuck, I hate bananas, she'd tell me in the morning as our mother served us breakfast. Shut up, Cassie. I turned and smiled at mother. Thanks for breakfast. Cassie growled under her breath. You're such a suck-up. We're prisoners here and you treat them like angels. They're our parents. Mother could see we were arguing in our head. She never commented on it, though. I don't think she wanted to know what was going on between us. When we were younger, I noticed that Cassie and I didn't look like the kids in the picture books. These kids were alone. But Cassie and I were always together. I asked father about it and he told us we had a condition. You're sick, he said sternly. But the doctors can't separate you. It would kill her. Oh my god, yep. He would like me to die, Cassie whispered in our head. Of course he wouldn't, he loves you. But he didn't. I knew this secretly. Our parents didn't do much to hide the fact that they favored me. They viewed Cassie as dead weight. And as we got older, I had to admit that I started to understand their opinion. She was difficult. She was always upset over something. Plus, she was the reason I wasn't allowed outside or able to have any friends. So it's so sad. It is sad, but there's also that, like, dominant twin. There's always. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah when it's, it's like that it, bad. It's just how it happens in the womb, mm -hmm. honestly. Around the age of 12, our parents started letting us use the computer. It was only supposed to be for our studies, but when we were alone, we tried to Google ourselves. Twins who share a brain. Mm. And the first article was about twins who eat each other in the womb. Mm -hmm. 
This clearly wasn't relevant. The second was about Siamese twins, and we skipped this one because we were from America. Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. God damn it. <laughs> then we got to the third one, which had a picture of two grown women who shared a head. One woman was large and the other was small. It looked like Cassie and I. The article was called Conjoined Twins. It said that although the woman wished that they could be separated, the doctor ruled that it was too dangerous. That's us, I said to Cassie. Why would anyone want to be separated, she responded. Maybe so they could look like normal people. I would much rather be with you than normal. I paused before saying, me too, Cassie. But that was all before Cassie was killed. Oh no. <laughs> Sad stories. Yeah. She died of suffocation. Oh yeah, okay. We were 14. Mm. I knew the second she stopped breathing, I could feel a shiver in my entire body as if something was crawling down my nerves. I started screaming. I didn't intend to, but the reaction was involuntary. Oh my god. Yeah. What does that feel like? Like a I part of you dying and you're totally aware of it? I don't know, but they only have so much time to separate them if she's really dead. Right, because then it spreads basically the entire body. She other just died of infection. Other functions start to shut down and infection But if they share a brain, like, I just... The brain dies. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, I, I just don't... don't... The brain is complicated. It is. It's very complicated. <laughs> I started screaming. Yep. Mm, me too. <laughs> I didn't intend to, but the reaction was involuntary. Maybe it was Cassie screaming through me. My mother appeared in our bedroom if she had already been inside. My father was close behind. They rushed us, me, to the hospital. It was the first time I ever felt air on my face. Any fear about being outside evaporated. It was freedom. I saw men and women of all different races. They crowded around me, staring at me like a wild animal. I didn't care. It was bliss. I even forgot about the corpse of my sister hanging off of me. Mm. <laughs> no one tried to resuscitate Cassie, even though I knew she was dead. There was not a single attempt to save her life. The only thing the doctors did was prep me for surgery. Mother and father stroked my hair. They told me they loved me, that soon this would all be over, that the doctors would remove the tumor. Oh, that's the tumor weird. that was my dead sister. And here's the thing. Mentally, yeah. she might stay there. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, that's what I think that's what's with happening. The whole brain thing. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up sometime later with the oddest sensation of weightlessness. My eyes were bare open, but I could see my parents asleep on the nearby couch. I was hooked up to a number of machines. I looked over and realized I was alone. The normal feeling of Cassie's body next to mine was gone. I was in a twin sized bed, and logically I knew what happened. Cassie died, so they removed her from me. But the shock of the lack of her made my heart race. This thing I had secretly wanted, quietly yearned for, was terrifying. I lay back and moved my head around. It was so strange to be able to move freely. There was no extra body to hinder me. Fleetingly, I wondered what, where her corpse was. Was it lonely? Was I lonely? I lifted my hand hesitantly and felt the flesh that had once connected me to Cassie. And in its place was a large scar with raised stitches. All that was left of my sister was empty air. It didn't feel real. I had only been conscious for a few minutes and already panic was setting in. This was a mistake. What happened to Cassie? Where was she? I needed her desperately. I whispered, Cassie, are you there? So here's my theory, though. Yeah. I'm going to have a theory. I think, because she said, like, the mom already acted like she was there. I you think the mom did I it? think the mom did it in her sleep. All about family. Yeah. Growing pains. Yeah. Today. I think, yeah, I think the <laughs> mom did heaven. it. Yeah. <laughs> a minute ticked by. Silence. Then a massive wave of screams filled my brain. It was Cassie's voice igniting, igniting my mind with a thousand horrified shrieks. My eyes stuck wide open. Cassie's voice began to speak through the screaming. They killed me. They killed me. They killed me. Shut up, I yelled. 
My parents rose from sleep. I realized I had said this out loud. They came to me trying to soothe my fears, but all the while Cassie was tormenting me. They murdered me. I tried not responding to the voice, but it didn't matter. Cassie didn't care if I spoke back. For days, she just kept lamenting her death as the doctors tried to teach me how to stand and walk without Cassie. Oh my god, the equilibrium. Yeah, was I can't even imagine. She made herself known in my head. I pretended to be fine, but the voice tore through my sanity. I couldn't sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, she'd start up again. It was them, our filthy parents. They put a pillow over my mouth and killed me. I think me. I was right. I know. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone about the voice. Who would understand? Soon I was cleared to go home by the doctors. My parents made arrangements for me to start attending school. They brought me a wig to cover up my disfiguring scar. The doors were all unlocked now. There was no more hiding. It should have felt like heaven, but instead the voice my sister haunted my mind. Dead. I'm dead. They killed me. Months passed with the same agonizing existence. I lost weight. I barely slept. Nothing could bring me any happiness. Cassie was slowly driving me insane. I didn't know if this was my imagination or if Cassie was really alive somewhere in my brain, but one day I'd had enough. I couldn't do any longer. They killed me. Our parents murdered me. Cassie was sobbing against my eardrums. I took a deep breath and said, Cassie, you have to stop. <laughs> I put a hand over my mouth and in surprise I hadn't spoken in my brain. Only out loud. I tried again. Stop it, Cassie. Desperately, I shoved my fist in my mouth to stop myself from talking, but nothing came out. The ability to speak through my mind had died with my sister. I crawled into a corner of my bedroom, arms over my head. I started to sob. Waves of horror and sorrow careened across my body. Cassie just kept screaming and screaming, and our parents are filthy monsters. They murdered me so they could have a normal daughter. They smothered me with a pillow. They they didn't kill you. I did. <gasps> oh, bum, 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 bum. What a twist. Yeah, but she, I don't know, like the way she described it, like yeah, it seemed like she didn't know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cassie's voice suddenly stopped. My tears kept coming. In a whisper, I continued, I couldn't live like that anymore. I wanted to be normal. I could still feel the weight of the pillow as I shoved it onto Cassie's face. I remembered the moans for help. I could still feel her clawing at my arms. Then something changed. I felt woozy and looked down at my body. It seemed like I was floating away from it. My being shrank. I felt myself pull out of my arms and legs up into my torso, finally lodging it into the back of my brain. I was a tiny ball of myself hidden somewhere deep. My arm raised slowly. My arm, her arm? My voice spoke out loud, but it wasn't me talking. Finally, you admit it. Terrified, I tried to call out, what's going on? But it was just in my head, our head. Just because you killed the body doesn't mean we don't still share a brain. My voice came out crackled. I was waiting for you to do it. I knew you would. You're just like our parents, filthy, disgusting monsters, but I've always been stronger and smarter than you. You killed my body, but I still control the brain. Oh Cassie stood up in my body, shaking out my limbs. I desperately tried to control anything, but she was right. She was stronger than me. It's strange being able to talk, she said out loud. I like it more than I thought I would. What are you going to do? I'm going to become you. The prettier one. The one our parents wanted. Then I'll kill them. <laughs> Maybe I'll staple their skulls together. Remember how they hated when we had to do that with our toys? And the best part is, I'll still have you. Stuck there in the back of our brain. She laughed. I'll, I'll, I always said we'd never be separated. 
This reminds me of um, oh. this. This is um, the, the my my least the scariest part of Get Out is when the mom like removes his consciousness from his body with the tea the tea glass. I um, um I I know the premise and I did not. He get gets to watch completely it. removed from yes. his body yes. at one point and completely loses all bodily functions, mm-hmm. and that to me is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Being a passenger in your own body. Yes. You know. Uh huh. This was seven years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) Time skip. Our parents are long dead now. She never went through with her promise to staple their heads together. Instead, she used our glued-together pillow to suffocate both at once. I had to watch completely helpless. It was my hands over their mouths, just like I did to Cassie. You might wonder why she let me write this. This is supposed to be my confession. One of the ways she can torment me, she allows me to control the body for minutes at a time, giving me a taste of freedom before snatching it back. I should have known. I couldn't ever get rid of her. She's a part of me, and now I'm stuck here. Forever. I wish I never murdered my sister, but she sure seems happy that I did. Oh, my God. What a twist. Wow. Yeah, I really thought the parents did, but, like, interesting. interesting. Hey, we we got a a running theme here, and Mm -hmm. it's that siblings want to kill each other. Yep. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, I mean, my sister and I used to no, fight I, like boys when we were younger. I definitely but. yell at my brother and I definitely get angry at him sometimes, but I don't know if I want to kill him no, in his no, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, no. Um, oh yeah, God. that's interesting though. I, I, I like the first story more and I think it's just because the gut punch of not seeing that coming, but you gotta admit it's kind of weird that they both Went down the same avenue, so to speak. Yeah. Now we are going to switch gears Mm -hmm. and we are going to read some unsettling stories just to compare them to one another and see which ones we like more out of everything. Um, The first one I'm going to let Midnight Bride read is called The Perils of Live TV. And this is from Unsettling Stories. So, uh, you know, grab your barf bags, maybe have a bucket next to you. Oh, no. I have no idea. I have no idea what bodily torture he's going to force upon us. But it's going to be something dealing with television capturing it. So for God knows, it could be anything. I have no fucking clue. If it exists, there's porn in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's definitely a different rule. Oh, I see. I see a food network. So there's going to be something. Fuck. Okay. One of the biggest misconceptions about live television is that it's actually live. (laughs) Let me tell you a secret. Nothing is live. Everything has a built-in delay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Just in case something unexpected happens. It's not so much about... It's not so much out of concern for the viewers, but for the advertisers. The last thing Pampers wants to deal with is some British actor saying... On talk show or an NFL quarterback getting paralyzed after a big hit. It's bad for the brand. Of course, because it's yeah. Yeah. Capitalism. I work for the Food Network. Great. (laughs) Over the last 10 years, we've moved from basic cooking instruction to a more reality TV style. What's the closest one that you could think of that's like reality... I don't know. They started doing stuff with the pandemic, and they started doing outdoor, like, cooking now. Yeah, but doesn't, like, Gordon Ramsay, like, go to people's, like, restaurants and, like, tell them how shitty they are? No, no, that's a different guy. But Gordon Ramsay actually started doing this thing where he goes to prisons, and he teaches, like, prisoners how to cook stuff, so when they get out, they have something. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. I like him. Yeah. 
<laughs> when he's not screaming at everybody. You fucking donkey! <laughs> you goddamn fucking you idiot donkey! idiot sandwich! <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of competitions, celebrity cameos, that whole thing. Lots of people didn't like the change, but we got a big upstick in the younger demographics as a result. <laughs> One of the problems with capturing a younger demographic is holding onto them as they transition into a, an older one. Let's say, for example, when we started with the reality TV shows, we got a viewer named Jenny. Jenny was 22 when she first saw Ace of Cakes. Loved Ace of Cakes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was way, younger, yeah, way younger than that. You're the demographic of Ace well, of I Cakes. I was like way younger than that, but <laughs> and became a regular viewer of the network since then. She was fresh out of college, had a few responsibilities, and was enjoying being a kid. Fast forward nine years, Jenny's 31 and a stay-at-home mom. Her priori priorities are far different than they were when she was 22. She has two children, and in on weekdays, she babysits for her brother's twins as well. Instead of eating out all the time like she did at 22, Jenny's responsible for feeding a household. She doesn't have time for reality shows anymore, and she wishes her cable company offered the cooking channel, the sister station to the Food Network that offers more how-to programming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of thousands of Jennies across the country, first-generation captures from the reality TV era, who yearn for more instructional programming. But it's a balancing act. If the Food Network goes back to their original format, they lose the potential for new, younger viewers. If they stay with primarily reality-based programming, they lose all of Jenny's out there. Our goal, and by our, I mean me and my team at the network, was to create a show to bridge that gap. After the success of The Kitchen, a Saturday morning program featuring four of the network works biggest stars as they cook exciting recipes and give tips and techniques we were tasked to make something for the weekday morning viewers yeah i'm not watching cooking shows in the fucking morning <laughs> like, yeah no neither, I, neither there's some there's some crackheads who do that <laughs> I mean, I, the only time the only time i ever watch cooking programs is when i'm stoned off my ass and i'm eating something and i just want to be like oh yeah look at that <laughs> so it's like, so gourmet. it's almost like sex <laughs> so you're just it's like i'm not going to i'm not going to like watch porn while i'm having sex it's 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 i'm I'm enjoying, you know, the, that's that's more of the masturbation aspect of it. But but let's look at like, Food Network is like, I'm hungry. I enjoy. I'm enjoying yes. food. Yes. I like to. And I like to see more about food. So that's why I watch that type of program. I don't. I don't actually watch more of the reality. No, that's stuff. not for me. I really me. don't. No. Like any of the competitions where they have like up and I coming like chefs and so, yeah, I, I, I like don't chopped, even know the difference. But like but we're gonna get into chopped. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's what I used to watch with my mom and sister at like three, four in the morning. Then I'd be hungry, but some of it was kind of gross. Sure. Like the ingredients you'd get, and yeah. I'd be like, never in a million years. Sure. And I think it had gotten weirder now As in their newer seasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll definitely see about that. Oh, here we go. We ended up creating a show that featured two of the network's top chefs, a live studio audience, and a Q&A from online viewers. And the twist was it would be a live... Quotes. <laughs> now yes. remember what I said about live nice. TV. Sure, the audience would be there watching the chefs cook and asking them questions while they did, but the online questions would be from emails. The delay would be 30 minutes. 
Oh, wow. Really? I was about to say 30 seconds. Holy crap. I mean, it makes sense. You kind of have yeah. to go through and see what's reasonable. I'm sure I'm sure when it comes down to like stuff that shouldn't be emailed to someone like I, yeah, could you imagine yeah, someone's yeah. just like emailing like Hitler did nothing wrong take off your pants <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. okay <laughs> it was a huge success in the various test markets we had one show to go with the stand-in chefs before the show went national this time in Oklahoma but there was a problem there had been a tornado warning in the county oh boy Sounds like what happened here a while ago, <laughs> but um, it had since expired, but the audience was about half of what it should have been. We decided to go with it anyway, since we figured a lot of the at-home audience would still be inside for the storms. They'd be watching. Right away, there was technical issues. Even though the tornado warning had passed, there were still frequent lightning strikes and other atmospheric disturbances all around the station. Things still went on, however, and the chef started cooking. Oh, my God. I just... Oh, I, I can't even imagine. Because that scares me. What? Like, national disasters. Oh, like tsunamis. It's fucking terrifying. Like, what was that the one reason movie? they're called national disasters. Yeah, like, is watching tsunamis. Like, even Hurricanes. in movies. Even in movies. Like, it just... It, like... So you're not a big fan of anything Roland Emmerich has made. He's like the Geo Storm Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. 2012. That's, yes, that's I watched Roland, 2012. That's Roland Emmerich. Yeah, I watched 2012, and that scared me. That scared me big time. The first problem came when the cream wouldn't whip. Oh, God, don't no, you hate problem. when that happens? <laughs> the chef made a show out of it, poking fun at the behind-the-scenes staff and trying it again with a new container of cream. Again, nothing. In my ear, one of the producers said it might have been because of the storm. What, like, the... Power might have went out, the cream might have went bad or something. Maybe, He didn't sound like he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Great. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The chefs gave up on the whipped cream and decided to make a cream and... Cream and Those required eggs. Two eggs were cracked into the mixing bowl without incident. The third, though, was bad. It was blood red, clumpy, and smelled terrible. Perfect. Okay. The odor per- permeated, and the studio quickly and I saw the audience members holding their noses. Great. When I held my own, my fingers came back bloody. I hadn't had a nosebleed since I was a kid. We cut to commercial. I wonder, is this like a paranormal storm? Because they're talking about oh. like all this weird shit happening. I never know with his stories. He's yeah. done stuff with aliens. He's done yeah. stuff with body horror. Yeah. You never know which direction he's going to take it, but you know, yeah, we're along sound- That's what it's sounding like. Neither chef was happy. They agreed to scrape the whole dessert first idea and go directly to the entree. No one would complain about the basic steak and potatoes main course, especially in cow country. <laughs> the kitchen was reset and the show was resumed. The downward spiral continued. Yay! As thunder boomed outside, loud enough to be picked up by studio microphones, the mixer for the potatoes started to smoke and emit sparks <laughs> before the chef yanked and plugged out plugged out of the wall and threw the whole thing in the sink. Just goes to show you guys disasters can happen in the kitchen. He joked to the audience, obviously irritated, but trying to play it cool. This really is about all of the bad things that can happen it's while like you're an filming al- something yeah, live. It's like, it's like a, um, a bad omen storm or something like that. It's it just weird. Potatoes got mixed and mashed by hand and the chefs fielded questions about whether or not milk or cream should be used. Both. Of course. And butter. <laughs> and a lot of fucking butter. Yeah. Paul Dean, that shit. As my dad would say, 
butter is love. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Paula Dean would say. Yeah. Butter means family. Yeah. <laughs> Potatoes got mixed and mashed by hand, and the chefs fielded questions. Oh, wait, I just read that. Okay. Um, there was another thunderclap in the studio. Lights flickered. I've always hated working in these satellite studios compared to the main studios in New York. These were like living in the dark ages. The lights stayed on, thankfully, and the half-hour delay caught up to the beginning of the show. All over Oklahoma, people watching the Food Network were about to see the show for the first time. Problems aside, the potatoes came out great. During a commercial, I had an intern get me a spoonful. I should have I should have had him get me a bowl. Didn't matter. After the broadcast, I'd be able to eat all I wanted. Oh yeah, mashed potatoes. <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the shit. Uh, the, uh, the studio audience, to their credit, had been taken all the technical problems in stride. I hope the TV audience would do the same and figured they would as long as they didn't turn the TV off and the disgust at the sight of that egg. The chef's move. That happens. Like bad eggs really? with like fetal fetal problems, like where the eggs were not yes. like cranked when they were made. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if it happens to a I've lot never of had one, people, but like I I have definitely opened an egg with red in it before and just immediately tossed it out. They're not supposed to like smell bad though. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a fertilized yeah. egg that made it through the yeah. process that wasn't supposed. And to. my mom, she has chickens, and like she gives us eggs. Like I've never had that happen, but it happens. It does yeah. happen. Though. I, know, I know that for a fact. The chefs moved on to the steak. Each discussed their favorite techniques, one performing a... Sous vide. A sous vide. Ooh, fancy. Style followed by a blast in a hot pan while the other advocated grilling it over hardwood charcoal. Nobody has this at home. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, sous vide are big restaurants. They, um, I believe it's a... Um, if I remember sous vide correctly, it's almost like having an oven that is like rotisserie but like yeah. so much higher yeah it's not like a spigot it's like a plate that exists and then it just cooks everything on that plate mm-hmm. um in a, in a very different way the con- convection to the highest level you know it's, it's industrial it's grade yeah <laughs> both methods would most methods would be used and the lucky studio audience would get samples to taste and choose their favorite cooking method the cast iron pan was hot in the grill Despite the powerful fans sucking away the smoke, filled the studio with savory aroma of burning hardwood. I was starving. Chef Bob cooked his steak first. They showed the audience the perfect edge-to-edge pinkness that only a sous cooked steak can achieve. The crust on the outside was magnificent. Mm. <laughs> Mallard would have been proud. Wind battered the studio walls and more thunder rolled by. The power went out. Really, it took that long? <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. Everyone in the studio groaned, but not as loud as the executive producer. <laughs> we were in a time slot. Even with the delay, which we could shorten if we had to, there was a hard out of the top of the hour when Chopped was scheduled to air. The last thing we wanted was to have the show just cut off entirely. If the power didn't come back on before the delay was uh, was used up, look awful. <laughs> Plus we'd have to issue refunds to local advertisers who purchased that time. 
We waited and waited and waited. We had less than a minute of delay left before the power went back on. The whole team was galvanized into action. With only one second of delay left, we resumed filming. For the first time in about 20 years, the broadcast was fully live. <laughs> I think Yeah. I thanked God we weren't in front of the national of a national audience because if we, someone screwed up and said a bad word, the FCC fines we'd have to deal with would be crippling. Is it really that bad? Oh yeah, they they make you uh, spend something like fifty thousand dollars for every curse word. word. Yeah. Oh jeez. Sometimes more. Oh. Depending on what you say. More thumb thunder roll rumbled outside as the chef talked about. Souve was a nice novelty, but almost everyone in reality preferred a grilled steak. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. He seasoned as he talked, obviously comfortable with the cameras and the audience who hung on every word. The grill, which had the refilled with more charcoal to bring it back up to temperature after delay, was screaming hot again. Oh no. I I just, I just. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. The chef used his laser therm- thermometer, d- thermometer, thermometer, yeah, thermometer. thermometer to take the temperature of the, the coals, 733 degrees, perfect for the initial okay. sear. Another clap of thunder and the lights flickered again. I felt my stomach leap with panic, but the lights stayed on. We only had 11 minutes left before Chopped came on. With the seasoning complete and the audience dying to see the steak get cooked, the chef picked up the ribeye with his tongs and carefully placed it on the searing grill. The other chef began to scream. Everyone, including the (laughs) production crew, jumped. With expertise honed by years in television, the camera operators instinctively turned the cameras toward the screaming man. Of course! Of course! Where is that coming from? 31 studio audience members and a 14,000 households across Oklahoma watched as the chef's skin blistered and tried. I knew it. Oh my god. What the fuck is going on? The ex- executive producer shouted, his voice clearly audible over the screams of pain and panic. Before the cameras could pan away, the chef's eyes burst into explosion of boiling lacrimal fluid and blood. Oh my god. The skin on his nose, forehead, and cheeks bubbled and blackened. Jesus. As EMTs rushed towards the man, one of them knocked over a carton of eggs and sent the contents splattering across the floor. Behind me, the sound I will never forget for as long as I live, Dave. The sound engineer crumbled to the floor with his body and knots of hideous broken bones. His skull caved in and leaking brain matter onto my shoes. What the fuck is happening? It's bad omens. I think it's a bad omen You think there's something crazy going on? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a supernatural storm. I need, I need, I need something. The loudest thunderclap yet drowned out even the panic shouting and screams of pain, and that was it. When all was said and done, whatever it was that had been said and done, Dave was dead. The chef was dead. The cameras had never stopped rolling, not until Chopped came on. Jesus. The Food Network settled lawsuits for the better part of a year. Needless to say, our show wasn't picked up. (laughs) Yeah. No one could ever figure out what had happened, but the funerals I attended and the trauma endured by the audiences, both studio and remote, are proof enough that I didn't imagine it. If you know anyone in Oklahoma who was watching the Food Network on April 11, 2015, between 10 and 11 a.m., ask them what they saw. They'll tell you. I'll bet they haven't watched a single live broadcast of anything 
Sense. And yes, the network got an FCC fine for the producer saying fuck on the on air. They were both with the burning skin for some reason. They were okay with the burning skin. Yeah, for but some no, no, reason. but like fuck, that's but a, saying yeah, no, fuck. No. You gotta pay me. <laughs> so they never just. I don't. I don't know what it, freak storm. Well, yeah. How did the guy's face get put on That's fire? That's what I'm saying. They never said, like, if Why there was an explosion. Why did the guy crumble and his head explode? Because if it was That's a charcoal grill, more... that's not plugged in no. anything. No. That's one of the more confusing stories that guy's ever written, because usually he loves to give you the details yeah, yeah, of why yeah. things are yeah. happening. I'm going to I'm gonna give that one a... But, like, it was still written really well. Yeah, and yeah. And that's absolutely why you don't film things live. That's absolutely yeah. why you give things delays. Because... You cannot counter any of that mm-hmm. shit if you do not have the time and the and the wherewithal to do said countering. I I liked I like this guy's stories, but mm-hmm. when you compare the first one we read, the no sleep about the email from the killer to the perils of live TV. Yeah. Which one do you like more? Well, the first one because they no sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like, I liked the the weird shit that happened in the second one, but there wasn't, like, an explanation of, like, why. And I get that you're not going to get that sometimes, but, like, I want to... Yeah, sometimes it isn't about the how, you know? Mm -hmm. But but really, when we focus on which told a better story, which one felt more, you know, just better in general, I guess I definitely would... I would go with the Red and No Sleep as well. Mm -hmm. I felt that that story was the best of the episode so far, Mm -hmm. um, which is fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to close out the episode with reading another one to, to put my verses against. Um, and, and much in the same vein of how we had uh, the familial killers, we're doing another Food Network horror story. Let's see where yes. this goes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, an unaired episode of Food Network's Chopped. Maybe this came on right afterwards. Oh, maybe yeah. It's, maybe it's explain. a twofer yes. where, it's, where it's awful. Anyway, unsettling stories. I'm Chef Jeffrey Zakarian's personal espresso maker and latte foam artist. Yes, that's a real job with benefits, in fact. Great health and dental. One of the perks of my occupation, aside from hanging out with GZ and getting to eat many of the weekly meals at his outstanding restaurant, The Lambs Club, is the access I enjoy at the Food Network studios and associated properties. GZ is a pretty big deal over there, which I'm sure you know if you've watched the network for more than a few hours. Aside from Chopped, which is his best-known show, he he is building a new audience with a Saturday morning feature, The Kitchen. His personality fits so well with whatever he's in, though, and it's just great to be a part of it. I'm totally fanboying right now, sorry. I hope that doesn't sound disrespectful in the face of what happened. Jeezy was shooting a few episodes of Chopped with Aaron Sanchez, Mark Murphy, Alex Gernichelli, and Amanda Freitag. Ted Allen had just gotten there a bit late, but immediately started poking fun at Aaron for a new tattoo on his hand that looked like a dick. It totally did. I was in the backstage prep kitchen setting up Jeff's personal electric Bell Epoch espresso machine. I'd shown him the preliminary design for the three lattes I'd be making over the course of the day's film schedule, and out of the 28, he chose Spring by Pierre-Auguste Cote, Seated Woman with a Red Kerchief by Anna Elizabeth Klumpk, and my favorite, La Varite, Sautant du Puy en Mai, des Sons Montenay 
Pour Châtier et Humanit by Jean-Léon Garon. I'd save that one for last. I'm gonna do a little clap I, there because I, I have was no great. idea what I was saying. Uh, it <laughs> sounded allowed, good to me. You're allowed to clap because I'm lying. That's okay. The first episode of the day went well. A Nigerian-born British chef led the way throughout, and it was no surprise that he won. After it was over and they were set up for the next show, GZ brought me a piece of truly outstanding bread pudding dessert that clinched the win. Lafrig scotch soak brioche sounded wrong, but in the chef's capable hands, it was transcendental. The four chefs waiting in the wings for the next episode were called on stage. Ted gave the rules in the inimitable... In, in inimitable style and GZ, Amanda, and Alex sat at the judging table trying not to laugh. If only the TV viewers knew how hard it was to maintain the air of seriousness the show tries to project. Anyway, the appetizer round went pretty well. It was obvious the lady from Westport was going to get chopped since she left out two basket ingredients while trying to make some weird fritters out of mussels and kale. Sure enough, when Ted lifted the cloche, her appetizer was under it. She didn't even thank the judges for the opportunity to compete. Well, that happens when you don't add your ingredients. (laughs) Suck ass. Yeah. The entree round came next after the crew cleaned the chef's stations. I was hard at work on spring, but I kept glancing at the monitors in the prep kitchen to see what was going on. Right as Ted announced there were only five minutes left, I heard Ted the judges gasp. Apparently one of the chefs had cut himself. Now, anyone who's watched Shop knows that chefs cut themselves all the time and adds an extra element of suspense to the show as they have to wait for the EMTs to bandage the wound and secure a glove, then they have to work through the pain and make sure not to get any blood on the food. This cut was really bad. Hashtag chopped. The problem was the chef wouldn't stop. Something was very wrong. Jeezy's second latte was forgotten as I stared at the live feed from the studio monitors. All the other chefs stopped what they were doing as the EMT crew tried to attend the chef... His name was Evan. Evan was clearly disturbed. He shouted, Homemade sausage wins the round 87.2% of the time. Round one was close, but this one will be a cut above. He laughed hysterically and waved the knife at any approaching EMT. One of the producers came into the prep kitchen and dialed 911. My eyes were glued to the monitor. Jeezy was calling to Evan and trying to talk some sense into him. He said he was a great chef and that he'd been to his restaurant before and really loved the Huamarin crew. Uh, Evan didn't acknowledge, so Aaron tried. He said something about being really proud of the work he's done, and it reminded him of himself when he was younger. No response. Just frenzied cooking and prepping of the meat grinder. Great. Alex cried. A pan Evan had been heating was smoking hot, and to everyone's dismay, he yelled, Reduce by 25%, and then carved between his index and middle finger all the way down to his (gasps) wrist. Everyone except Evan screamed. Blood poured into the pan and steam erupted from the hot surface. The odor of boiling blood filled the studio and one of the prep chefs next to me puked into the sink. Another EMT tried to grab Evan while he was busy cutting, but Evan reacted quickly and slashed the man's shoulder. Not deep, but enough to make sure the EMT didn't try anything again. Oh no, I heard Aaron moan. Alex shrieked. The blood steam had fogged the monitor's camera so I couldn't see anything, and I stepped out from backstage and saw why they were so distraught. Evan's hand was gradually disappearing into the meat grinder. So we got blood and puke already. (laughs) Easy and I locked eyes and he just shook his head. I nodded. 
I felt bad for the guy, horrified but still sympathetic. More and more, the man's hand disappeared into the grinder. This would have never worked with the terrible meat grinders they had throughout the majority of the show's history. Those things couldn't grind a sheet of paper. These were new, and they were powerful. As we watched, Evan's arm disappeared up to the elbow as bloody confetti poured out and filled the bowl at the table. The fire alarm sounded. Apparently some panicking intern had pulled it, <laughs> thinking it would get the authorities there faster. Form into patties and brazen blood sauce with thyme, carrots, diced shallots, and fennel pollen. Evan called out over the din of the alarm. Add chocolate and poblanos to create a pseudomole sauce to ingratiate Sanchez and Freitag if they're judging. Add butter and garnachelli. Add veal demi-glaze for Zakarian. Evan's arm had disappeared up to his shoulder. He wrenched the stump out. Pulped flesh dangled while blood spurted. His complexion was beige. Following the braising with a quick sear, place the potatoes if Murphy is judging. M Mark was busy throwing up into a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> the studio door burst open and the four police officers entered the studio. Evan had dropped the knife and was busy making patties out of the meat that once been his hand and arm. Bone fragments may be overlooked if the flavor profile is strong <laughs> He yelled and Just began to drop the patties into the pan of reduced blood. He then added the aromatics he'd cut up before going nuts. A scent filled the air. I was overwhelmed by the most disturbing sensation I'd ever experienced. The smell was intoxicating and luscious. I'm sure meat, but human meat is supposed to smell like cooking pork, like cooking. I've bacon, heard that. Like cooking bacon, yeah. Everyone stopped shouting and crying and puking as their nostrils filled with a rich odor, and a cop shot Evan with a taser, and Evan collapsed on the bloody floor. He convulsed for a moment, then stopped, and the EMTs ran to him. One of the producers turned off the burners and ordered all non-essential personnel to leave immediately. I looked at Jeezy and he pointed at his watch. I was six minutes late with his latte. Of course, he'd been thinking about his latte at a time like this. <sighs> I went in back and began the laborious process. Spring was a no-go, so I was about to do it over. So I prepared La Verite Sautante de Pou, Armée de Saint Montenay pour chater la Hurmenette. I hoped it would put Jeezy in a happier mood if that was all possible. <laughs> the $20,000 espresso machine hummed and I deftly painted the milk foam and espresso into the object art we both loved. I listened as the EMTs took Evan out and the police questioned the chef. It didn't take long. They left right when I was about to finish. I came onto the set with the latte and stopped dead in my tracks, my hands trembling, and part of me knew my artwork was being destroyed, but that was the least of my concerns at that moment. Jeffrey, Aaron, Mark, Ted, Alex, and Amanda stood around Evan's station. They huddled in front of the pan, each holding a fork. Each of them was cutting off small portions of the terrible sausage Evan had made and was eating it. Overcome with nausea, I dropped the latte and everyone looked at me. Jesus Christ, man, GC complained. Was that the Jerome one? And I nodded. His expression softened. Sorry, I didn't ask if you were okay. You good? I nodded again as he took another morsel of sausage. Look, I know this looks strange and we all admit we'll probably feel pretty bad about it tomorrow, but when else are we going to have a chance like this? Wow. Aaron chimed in. Come on, buddy. Give it a try. <laughs> no. So did he shove him in casings? 
she did case his own fucking flash and then cook it. Yeah. Why wow, didn't <laughs> <laughs> The other judges joined Aaron and Jeezy and encouraged me over it. Smelled spectacular. Jeezy cut me a tiny piece and put it in my mouth. It was the best thing I ever tasted. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Hey, is the camera still on? Alex asked around a mouthful of carrot and sausage. Hmm, yeah, said Amanda, staring at the green light. Guess it's one for the blooper reel, Jeezy laughed. For chopped after hours. Aww. They all laughed and I backed away, not sure how to feel. Hey, Jeezy interrupted. Anyone for a latte? Ted belched. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I went backstage and started to make their lattes. As I was turning the corner, Alex quipped. Yeah, that guy totally would have won the round. If he lives, maybe we should send him a card. They all thought it was a superb idea. So I, were they eating Bone, too? They were eating him. They yeah. were eating his arm. That's so gross. I'm I'm going to level with you. That, that, one, that one I didn't like very much. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of like, I get it. Like, there's... Uh, it's I, gross. Yeah. It's a gross-out story. Yeah. He was trying to gross us out. Um, you compare it to the conjoined sister story, and the conjoined sister story is definitely better. Yeah. I, I'm I'm surprised that time and time again, Reddit No Sleep tends to win mm-hmm. the the versus episodes, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know why I'm surprised. I guess it's because the the wide spectrum of what they're able to get away with in that mm-hmm. that genre, I suppose, mm-hmm. or that that submission style. But I also know at the very same time, like Reddit No Sleep stories have been the basis for TV shows, mm-hmm. movies, yeah. books. A lot of them have been actually published. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like I, the different yeah. styles and quality. I mean, the unsettling stories are all written by the same person, so it's probably not fair to hold two completely unrelated authors with two completely unrelated stories up against the standards of unsettling stories. But at the same time, like, the dude really he's really versatile he doesn't just write food network bullshit yeah, stories but it's pretty realistic you know? like the food network oh, thing sure yeah like, <laughs> except for the one they started eating human well, flesh well that but like so actually like i watched the one episode and i don't know this is like but it's kind of gross so like the chick cut herself and like she refused emt whatever and um she didn't put a glove on, and she was, like, tossing, like, this little salad while she was bleeding everywhere, and the judges refused to eat it. She was pissed at That's them fair, for not eating Fuck it. Fuck off. She's like, I don't know where she's you've like, been. She's like, I don't know what's in your this. blood. Yeah. I'm not fucking eating that. She's like, I'm not going to eat I'm this. I'm glad they said no instead yeah. of saying, mm, delicious mm, balsamic yummy. blood vinaigrette. Yeah. And the lady was rude. I was like, you, how dare you not want to eat my fucking blood? <laughs> like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> like, um, ew. That, that lady should be checked out. Yeah. For problems. Yeah. Because yeah. it sounds like she's got them. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I just thought I just thought that since that kind That's of was fucking, like related. No, it's very, it's very, uh, it's, it's on point, I yeah. think. Um, how did you feel about these stories? How did you feel about your first episode? I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. We had a little break in between. <laughs> to, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I know you're going to cut that. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, there, to, to everyone else, there was no break. Yes, that is true. Um, so I... I enjoyed it. No sleep. No sleep is the victor. I think mm-hmm. next yeah, time... it was. I think next time for you, we read one long yes. no sleep mm-hmm. story and just kind of break it down and get into it. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that this was the... The first episode for Midnight Bride. I think this is a fitting first episode because you mentioned about your uh, 
Uh, it's too much bacon. We, <laughs> we, we talked about how your family, your sister, your livelihood, I think it's funny that the no sleep stories were about that. Yep. And then you, you very personally talked about your connection to Food Network and yeah. cooking channels and yeah. shit. So it feels like a you episode. It was definitely, it was definitely it feels related. It like a you episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm glad the stories weren't awful. No, you they know? weren't awful. No. I wouldn't say a single one of those stories was bad. No. Um, the, the third one needed a little bit more detail, and the fourth one was a little unrealistic, but you yeah, know, you get what you get. Yeah. I feel at like the third one, well. it would have been cool if at the end it was something to do, like, a supernatural storm. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, we need to contact Roland Emmerich, mm-hmm. try to get him to film a Perils of Live TV film mm-hmm. adaptation. You know what that would have reminded me of? The episode of... Um, uh, Adventure Time, and yeah. they get stuck in the basement, and then they start fighting each other. And yeah. the storm—it was like because of the storm, yeah. and they were like mad, like that. And yeah, yeah. that kind of reminded me of that the, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, the 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 electrons in the air driving mm-hmm. people nutty, and different things happening. Like yeah. he talks about his nose bleeding, mm-hmm. the producer getting angry, the the guy who runs sound design crumpling to the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, just a weird. It's almost like someone just opened the fucking Ark of the Covenant in yeah. that section and yeah. the guy's face melted. Where's Indiana Jones? Yeah, like, like yeah. What's going, that what's is going exactly on how back it was. there? It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I liked all the stories we read. Yeah. Wrote, read. Read it No Sleep Reigns Supreme. And I think the email from the man who killed my daughter is yeah. probably the best story we read. It today. was simple, but like really good. And like. It was short and it like heart wrenching. It was well written. And the twist yes. was. I didn't see that one coming. Tough. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> Neither did I, which is the funness of, like, like even your fiancé asks, is like, oh, what are you reading? Like, we don't fucking know what oh, we we're don't reading. Know. We, don't, we don't test any of this shit. You're like, shit. what do you want to read? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Fucking know I don't what we're care. Reading. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> we decide five that. minutes before we start fucking doing anything. Yeah. Anyway, this is Lots of Pasta, episode 209 with Midnight Bride. Anything to say to the world, to the audience, now that you're on the show? I think I might be going vegan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I think that's a that's a fair fucking response after today. I think I'm gonna stay away from my family for a little bit. Yeah. And I think yeah. I might be looking into meatless, um, an impossible future, if you will. Impossible yeah. meat. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get it at first. Yeah, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't sure. I really like my bacon. Away <laughs> 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 to the days end when the moon is high. Atlanta till we stand at the shore.